0: Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm Shane. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. it's wednesday and you know what that means another episode of carpool rugby league all right fellas i almost wanted to do the intro again there it was almost uh bang for your buck uh, i'll I'll tell you what we are we are actually fired up i'm going to give the uh, listeners a bit of an insight we've had a a pretty good production meeting before the uh before the episode today we've actually almost done a full podcast before we started there's just so much to talk about fellas and uh some it's on the field some it's off the field but we're really getting into the thick of the season aren't we Shono? Oh yeah
1: yeah it's it's becoming it's becoming evident that there's teams that that have sort of got over maybe maybe a couple of the jitters early on and and, and put a couple of wins back to back you know talk about teams like Manly uh there's definitely a big difference between the haves and haves not in the competition uh the Bulldogs got a win so um yeah. look, it's good to see when when you know, the minute everyone's off a duck egg, everything's good. So um, I think, uh, it, look, the big thing for me, I think it, when we talk about uh, last round and when we talk about the table, and we talk about the competition is still there's this divide between the haves and the haves nots. And the key question for Ricky Stewart and his Raiders are which side of the ledger are you on?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it being a big week for them last week <clears> and they went down. Um. We keep talking each week, Griffo, about the divide between the top teams and the bottom teams. Uh, What are your thoughts on the state of the NRL going into round eight this week?
2: My thoughts are that uh, there are a number of teams who are legitimate chances to win this uh, competition, but that number is dwindling. Um. I think you can count them on one hand the teams that are really a chance of winning the comp this year. I don't say that's a bad thing. It just is. Um, every team has the opportunity to go out every, every week and win two points. But there's only as I said a handful of sides literally who do that on a consistent basis. And they're the clubs that just keep winning
0: unless yeah. they're playing each other yep and and it's really when we see them play each other we look forward to those big matchups and speaking of the teams that keep on winning Griffo, I'm going to go through the games from last week and give the uh, the listeners an update on the scores just to make sure they haven't missed anything uh the only undefeated team in the NRL is the Penrith Panthers they got the job done the other night against the Newcastle Knights at Blue Bet Stadium in Penrith that was on Thursday night 24 to 6. Uh, they defeated the Knights uh, on Thursday. Moving to Friday, we saw the Rabbitohs, 40 points to 30 over the Titans. Plenty of points scored in that one. Also saw a lot of points up in Darwin. Uh, unfortunately for the Broncos, most of those points went to the Eels. They ran out 46-6 to 6 winners over the Brisbane Broncos. The Canterbury Bulldogs, uh, they got their first win of the season. So, um, look, it brought Trent Barrett to tears, and I'm sure a lot of uh, Canterbury fans were very excited and emotional about this one. 18-12, they got over the Sharks on Saturday. The Cowboys, a bit of an upset in this one. They beat the Raiders 26-24. Manly's good run of form continues, and, um, geez, the points are flowing now that Tommy Turbo's back. 40 points to 6, they defeated the West Tigers on sunday at bankwest stadium that was the first of our anzac day clashes the traditional anzac day clash between the roosters and the dragons ended in a 34 to 10 win to the sydney roosters and rounding out the week we saw the melbourne storm defeat the warriors 42 points to 20. so for everyone to uh, just understand where that's makes your team sit on the ladder as i said penrith panthers First position on 14 points, 7 from 7, they're flying high. Uh, The Parramatta Eels, they are in 2nd spot on 12 points. The Rabbitohs also on 12 points in 3rd spot. The Melbourne Storm round out the top 4 on 10 points. The Roosters are also on 10 points in 5th position with a 4 and against which is only just inferior to the Storm. The Dragons are holding on to their top 8 spot, they're in 6th position. They're the only team actually at the moment on 8 points. Uh, All the teams from 7th down have actually lost more games than they've won. The Titans hold 7th spot on 6 points. The Raiders just hanging in the 8th spot with 6 points. The Warriors on 6 points in 9th. The Knights on 6 points in 10th. The Manly Seagulls 11th on 6 points. And the Cowboys 12th on 6 points. There's a big run from 7th down to 12th of teams on 6 points. So many teams there. Putting their hand up to be in contention for the top eight this year, thirteenth spot is held by the Sharks. They're the only team on four points. Fourteenth is the Tigers. Fifteenth Broncos and sixteenth Bulldogs. Those three teams are on two points. So, fellas, I'll just before we go through, you know, the tidbits, the grab, the gaff, and the teams this week. Just want a very brief, uh, just just chat mm-hmm. about what you think in regards to the ladder. In particular, I'll start off with you, Shano. Those teams from seventh through to twelfth, all on six points, all of a sudden we've got this this massive competition for teams that are that are possibly in the hunt for a top eight spot. I know it's early in the season, but you've got to be in that hunt, don't you?
1: Yeah, and what's really interesting, Graham, is all those teams have a, a negative four and against. Um, I think the lowest one would be the Cowboys. They're, they're negative 87. So you'd almost draw a line through them. They've, they've got some big wins and other teams' big losses. But I think if, you, you know, if you're the Knights, not minus 33, um, Warriors minus 25, Seagulls at minus 51, if they were to finish equal, would probably be in trouble. Um, definitely th- there's something to be had there. I think for these teams on this on, on within these bundles, they've got to win games. They got they can't put themselves in in the situation where they're relying on a top eight uh, finishing equal eighth. And what do we do about for and against? Yeah, they're for and against it. Once you on, look, I know that I know that Titans is minus one, Raiders is minus fourteen. That can be fixed in a game, but but once you start getting into the minus thirty three, and minus minus fifty one, you have got to arrest that over a series of games. And 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 really, you need to. You know, you need you need a couple of big wins to to sort of to sort of fix that. They're the types of teams that I think, unfortunately, for them, yeah. they're going to win games more like the you know the, the 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 two points, four points, eight points, rather than the eight to sixteen point bracket. So, um, look, Manly probably of all those sides, if I was to talk about this round, Manly probably looked Look, look like one of the best. Um, they, they, they're, they're really singing now. They've got Trevojevic. Um I'm dubious though because they played, they played the Tigers last weekend. the Tigers gave some stuff early. I thought they were pretty horrible. Um, and on that, the, yeah, you know, the, they, they beat the Titans. The Titans were awful as well. The titans actually had an opportunity to get back in that game and and, and didn't do it, um, which is why they ended up on a duck egg. Um, and of course, there was that sketchy win against the the, the Warriors. I want to see something. Um, I want to see something a bit more, a um, bit more out of Manly. And uh, you know, this week might be the week. This week, they yeah. take it to Penrith and they really play well yeah. and they and and, 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 they, and they and they and they and they they prove that they can show up. Well, then yeah, okay, they're probably going to start getting the wins they need against the lower teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't – look at the moment, they're the team. Canberra's got the troops. I'm not going to put a line through the – I'm not going to put a line through the the, the Titans. It, it's definitely – I think there's a couple of teams there that on reflection probably thought they shouldn't be, um, Canberra being one of them. But I, I think – yeah, I, I think that that big chunk in the middle – it's going to come down to who, how they show up against each other in the big sides. Because when you're in that chunk, you have got to beat your opposite. You have got to beat everyone in that chunk.
0: Yeah. So and if you lose sudden, people in the chunk, You've got to, beat, games, you got to beat aren't people you? in the chunk. Yeah. You've got
1: to beat people in the chunk and do well against the top sides.
0: That's right. You're starting to get good matchups now with those <laughs> teams that are that are occupying the middle of the ladder. Griffo, you talked about that divide a bit earlier on, saying that you know there's a handful of teams that can win the comp. Um, I think a lot of look. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to guess that they're they're probably the teams that are occupying the first five spots of the ladder. Um, are there teams down the bottom? Given that divide, and we've we've talked about the great dividing range. You you'd, you'd probably love that analogy being a geography teacher. But the fact that we've got that big range of teams in um, on on six points, are we putting our lines through the teams that are? You know that have only got two wins thus far. Are we? Are we? Are we ruling off at the Sharks? Do you rule off even higher? Where? Where? Where is your sort of cutoff point at the moment in regards to who's in contention
2: still? Okay. Firstly, I rule off uh, the Bulldogs. um <laughs> Fair yeah, call. There was a lot of tears of joy. Very I mean, exciting. They won one game. Okay. Like seriously. Mm. Yeah. They've won one game. Uh, if you're going to get that excited about winning one oh. game, well. It says know. something about where they're at, doesn't really? it? Well, exactly. I think,
1: I think it, I think it, I think it says a lot that they. To be fair, I think they they believed in themselves, and they do believe in their processes. And I think for that club, it shows that they worked. I think it they've worked
0: hard, and it's finally paid off I, for them. That's what to it to felt see. like to me. I thought it was
1: good to see.
2: Yeah. So going I've up, had through- a a Penrith or a Salfs or a Roosters. Yeah, okay. But they beat the Sharks. The Sharks are going backwards. They sacked their coach. Mm. And they, they, in doing so, effectively said, We don't care about 2020. Let's see if they can beat a decent side, then get excited. I mean, I do understand they had a lot of losses in a row. But yeah, I mean, the, the way they carried on. Sharks are a weird one
0: too, the the Sharks. It shows just how much they've taken a bit of a a nosedive, so to speak, uh, in the last couple of weeks. They're sitting in 13th. Am I correct in saying that they've got a positive for and against and they're they're 2-5? and Yeah, they're on 8. Yeah, they're on 8. That's not easy to do. (laughs) It just shows something about the the club. Anyway, Griffo, what are you thinking Uh, about... The
2: Sharks' season's over. They're Um, done? Your line's through them? I'll put a line through them. Yeah, I I thought they were going quite well. And, um, you know, it's just, it's hard for those players, uh, given what's going on there. Um, uh, To be honest, I didn't have them in the eight before the season started, but I like what they were doing in those early rounds. He was showing, you know, playing a a very uh, attacking style of football, but they're not going to make the semis. Um, Yeah. Like, yeah. Brisbane, I don't think Brisbane make the semis, even though they've had the worst draw of any team. Uh, of those seven games, six of them have been against those high quality sides. That I think they've played all of the top five teams, including Power, they played twice. So they weren't expected to win any of those games. You know, before the season started, you probably think they're going to be one and six. But, you know, and hoping that if you're a Brisbane supporter, you might have jagged one or two of those as well. At some stage, they're going to start winning some games because they've got a decent forward pack. Problem for them really has been around the halves. We'll get to their game later, but they've got two new halves this week. Um, And they're taking a gamble in doing so. Mm. Now, um, as to any other sides I'm, I'm saying can't make the eight, well... I think the tigers come into that category they're getting very close they're dropping games against against also runs and you can't keep doing that um and uh you know they have one good week like they did against south without scoring any competition points which is okay but you've got to come back the next week and you've got to beat sides Yeah, um, you can't get humiliated um they've got problems I mean, they had problems. We've talked a lot about them over the last six months or so. Nothing's changed, really. If anything, they're probably going worse than they were last year. Mm. Um, and I don't think they've got a bad squad. But Maguire, I think he's done everything he can. He's tried the, you know, just being the disciplinarian and shouting and I got I got to be honest with you. I don't like being shouted at. No. Um I don't it doesn't inspire me to want to do my best for that person who shouted at me. It just creates in me resentment. Goes and against think,
0: everything in any textbook you'll ever read on coaching, mate.
2: Yeah, I I know it was the way of, it was the way of the, the 70s when I was a kid. Um, and you know, Roy Masters would fire up the magpies, and um, it, it worked, but it was a different time, yeah. It, it just fired him up to go and want to beat the crap out of the up, literally, physically. You can't do that now. Um, yeah, I, I think you know, I don't know, but for mine, it seems like maybe the game has passed him by and he's his ways of, of coaching he won a comp you can never take that away from him but he does not look like winning a comp with this team um but anyway yeah i think what we'd need to do graham is move forward um mm. we could talk all you know for a long time about, about who's not going to make the eight the reality is five teams make it and another three are vying for those spots
0: yeah yeah, no, and and, and we've, we've talked about that. Even before a ball was kicked this year, we talked about we already felt like there might be a bit of a divide. There are teams that have that have come to the top, um, and, yeah, look, we'll, we'll talk a fair bit about them when we preview the games, but I think uh, early on in the podcast, it would be remiss of me not to uh, throw over to Shane and uh, see what Shano's got for Shano's tidbits. tidbits. <laughs> You offer us this week, mate.
2: i to
1: put my harmonica down.
0: Yeah. Go,
1: all right. Um, <laughs> I, um, I lost my train of thought there. Sorry. Uh, Shane's tidbits. Yes. Well, um, basically, I'm just going to talk about one thing tonight. Actually, I'm going to talk about two things. Uh, first of all, last week we did talk about uh, that young player who um, who was caught in a compromising position uh video um the nrl have come out and said that there's no case to answer but yet find them five thousand dollars for for um for <laughs> bad technique i don't
0: know what yeah <laughs> it was like how do you, you the last week's shit root <laughs> uh,
1: i've read i read
0: I've it's read. a bit fishy isn't it
1: no i read um It was for bringing the game into disrepute, but but the NRL the NRL put it differently. Uh, It's like for 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 make it's almost like they said, "Oh, you made the game look bad, so mm. we're going to find you." So so bad publicity, bad PR. Is innocent, yeah. Um. So anyway, (laughs) brought the game to disrepute. Next thing I want to talk about (laughs) is uh the conference system that's been brought up today. Uh, a lot of people have been asking why the hell is this being brought up right now? And what's the history behind it? Just to talk a bit about it. Um, basically the television deal that as we, as we see it, especially this channel nine side of things finishes at the end of next year. So the NRL are negotiating, a new deal when negotiating this new deal, they, they want to talk about blockbuster games. They want to talk about big TV rating games. Um, in doing that, what they've decided is to come up with a conference system where it's um, the Sydney sides on one side, and it is the uh, rest on the other. So effectively, what would happen is there's two conferences. The winner of each conference would go into the winner of each conference would come into a grand final. Look, what the NRL are doing here is what the AFL do perfectly well um, and are brilliant at it. Is they're floating this idea. Um, They're floating this idea. And the thing is, usually when the NRL float an idea like this, you know, the problem is the media outlets have actually jumped on this in the last 24 hours and stating that they really want to see something like this happen. Um, What it would guarantee is it would guarantee one Sydney club in the grand final. It would guarantee, no, as it would guarantee another club in the, the other side. Um, and what they're looking at doing is that you play everyone in your conference twice and you have these big blockbuster games. What it would do is it would generate television revenue because when when Sydney sides play each other there seems to be far more interest and then 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 of course that you've got crowd interest, you've got television interest and therefore the game grows. This is all on the back of the idea that there's one um, New Zealand team going to be coming into the competition and a Brisbane team coming into the competition. The idea of a New Zealand team coming into the competition is absolutely laughable, I think, because the one we've got really can't prove themselves. So <clears throat> what, what seems to be the conjecture amongst fans is, is this, this the right model? And does this really, does this, is this going to work? Because effectively the two sides are going to have two top four um finals and the two and, and the, of that top four finals um it's not going to be from what we understand it's not going to be a new top eight competition um because they really want the they like the idea of having one sydney team in the grand final um the, so i suppose Graham, i want to throw it to you for your thoughts yep you're way back when we started this podcast
0: <coughs> one of our early
1: podcast is we spoke about a conference style system for the nrl yep ours was a four four yep. ours was done by four conferences yours was was geographical mine was not mine was like yep. the UEFA style only because i thought that would generate probably a million people watching it to see where their club plays next year and it'd be good television ratings um i suppose trying to you do you think the nrl have
0: a good idea here They have a good idea in theory in a sense of having a conference system. I love the idea of a conference system. I'm for it. I have a lot of friends who think I'm mad. Um, A lot of people who traditionally think that this doesn't represent rugby league. I am a big fan of a conference system. I'm not convinced though that the system that's been thrown around in the past week is the one to go with. Uh, You'll remember that when we talked about a conference system... Uh, I was, I had mine geographical just based on the fact that a lot of conference systems around the world, especially in American sport are based on geographical location. And that also too ensures a bit of a variety and different markets, um, when you get to the finals setting, just off the top of my head, the conference system, that I think I put forward had a, had four, I had a West, you know, North, South, East, West, um, Just from memory, just going off it, the Western Conference was Penrith, Parra, West Canterbury. And this is going off the teams that are in it. Yeah, Penrith, Parra, West Canterbury. The North was the Cowboys, Broncos, Titans, Newcastle. The South was Canberra, St. George, Melbourne, and the Sharks. And my Eastern Conference was Manly, South, the Roosters, and the Warriors. The way I had it set up was with the four conferences, you have the winner of each conference uh, takes up the top four spots in the top eight. And then the next four spots in the top eight are taken up by the next four highest ranked teams, regardless of which conference. That way, I had it so that you knew you're just about... You're almost guaranteed a Queensland team in the finals. You know you've got one from Western Sydney. You know you've got one from one of those regional areas like a Canberra, Melbourne. You know, Sharks and St. George are in that, I know, as well. And, obviously, your traditional East with your Manly South, Warriors, and uh, the Roosters. What that, for me, does is gives some sort of parity and fairness in regards to the draw. That's my biggest issue with this is the current draw. It's just about a sense that you pay, play everyone once and it's the luck of the draw who you play twice. With my conference system, you play everyone once. So you've got your, what, your 15 games and then you play the, the teams in your conference a second time. That then gives a bit of fairness in regards to who you play because those teams you play a second time, uh, you're actually playing for something. I wouldn't even care if they needed to pad it out where they play the teams in their, you know, their conference. I think we talked about that being the last three rounds of the season are all conference matchups, so that they're actually playing for something. Every game means something, and their their local um, or you know significant matches within the conference system. I think that is something that could be sold if done well, this conference system. Even if it's a two-conference system, you need to make sure you get the conferences right. One argument I've had from people is the fact that, um, you know, say, for example, I'm a fan of the Rabbitohs and my mate's a fan of the Panthers. Uh, If they were in the same conference, people go, oh, but our teams can't play each other in the grand final. That's one thing I think that traditionalists are going to look at. If, like The way I've got it, I've got South and the Roosters in the same conference. Um, they could never play in the grand final. That's that's something that we need to think about, but we're guaranteed two blockbuster games throughout the year that we can we can build around. We don't need to sell the grand final regardless of those two teams. It's going to be a big match. I think also too with a conference system, you're not only just selling a grand final. Um, two conference systems sells two finals and a Super Bowl-type game. My four-conference system, you effectively have, you know, the top eight as it is anyway. But, yeah, it depends on the structure, but if done right, I reckon it's a great idea. Yeah,
1: I I, I suppose, Griffo, um, Graham's a bit of a fan of some sort of conference system. Uh, Are they changing things for the sake of changing it? Because correct me if I'm wrong, we could just have the table as it sits And just make every team Sydney team play twice and it would be the same thing, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, I don't know why the conference system is needed. What I'm interested in is the best teams making the playoffs and the best teams making the grand final. Um, Under various proposals particularly some sort of Super Bowl-type proposal, you might not have the two best teams playing off in the grand final. I don't like that at all. I um, I, I don't see a need for a conference system at all. I, um, I'm totally opposed to two separate ladders. The top eight teams are the top eight teams. One ladder... One competition, the best teams, irrespective of where they're located geographically, go through to the playoffs and play in the grand final. I don't understand any proposal to... Okay, the draw's not perfect draw. I I grant you that. If you haven't got every team playing each other twice or every team playing each other once, it's not quite a level playing field. But when you've got eight spots in the finals, the top sides are going to get there. Mm. Um, if you've got two conference system where you've got two tables, and uh, and this is what I saw. I mean, I won't say it's the NRL proposal. It was the Fox League proposal uh, on NRL 360 of how they thought it was going to pan out. Where you've got two uh, two conferences, two separate ladders. Um, you've got a top four in each conference, uh, and then uh, you get a Super Bowl type. You know, get a conference winner playing a conference oh. winner. I, I disagree completely with that because it may well be that in one conference, teams one, two, three, four are better than team one in the other conference.
1: Well, can I just can I just can I just back you up here, Griff? If we just had to do this today for argument's sake, uh, and just say it was a conference system where the line was drawn through, your top four for the Sydney side would be Panthers, Eels, Rabbitohs, Roosters, and your top four for the other side would be Storm, Titans, Raiders, Warriors. I don't see that being a fair, you know. Oh, wait. You're not happy if you're the Dragons. Well, at the end of the day, there's a team coming second in the other tier. Who isn't as good as the team
0: that's coming forth in the other team? That's my problem with all this. I think the thing we've got to remember too is a lot of like modern sports fans, like you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a younger generation to even you guys. We're we're more used to seeing the um, the prominence of uh, American sports such as the NFL and the NBA. I think what people need to understand, and this is coming from someone who's for the conferences, because my, my main argument is in regards to the draw. My, my second point is um, is more in line with why the NBA have their divisions and conferences and whatnot. It was to try and minimise travel. So, look, we, we, we know true. as NFL fans, we know that basically in the yeah. NFL there were two leagues. And there the was same- historically two leagues. They were competing against each other. All the yeah. teams basically come together. They've still got two leagues and the winners of those leagues play each other. There's a bit of tradition there. It's very different for rugby league. I think a conference system needs to take into account if they have the Sydney and the regional system. I, I, I don't know how they're going to work it and how it's going to help with travel because I know now, for example, that if you're a, um, a Brisbane team, for example, I mean Melbourne, they're on the road every second week. Tell Sydney, you what. I don't know if it's going to get to a point where they've got to be careful where the Sydney teams spend most of the, the season in Sydney and have a bit of a, an advantage. That, that, I, it's I, a lot of moving parts to think about. I was
1: I was just thinking about this when I was talking about this today. If you're South Sydney and the Bulldogs, the odds are the majority of your games are at ANZ, regardless of the time and the way. Because you'll, you'll play each other at there you'll then jag probably a a a west game there the furthest then you might have to travel within this whole circle which is funny if you, if your team likes south and is probably to, is is something to the scg or to penrith and penrith to the scg I, I i think in a in a competition in my opinion the draw people talk about parity amongst the draw The draw is a randomly set entity. It it, it goes out, it gets made. I know what they try and do is they try and do that lesser teams, so the lower teams from the year before play each other twice and the higher teams from the year before play each other twice. Um, To give you an example, there were years there where South never played Penrith twice because the distance between them on the competition was was too far. So now that they're close together, it's, it's guaranteed to happen. I think that's a fairer system, especially when talking about things like travel. The minute you start creating a conference, well, then the odds are that the Sydney teams, now only half of those will need to go to New Zealand. Only half of those will need to go to Brisbane or to Townsville.
0: Mm.
1: All of a sudden, what you're doing is you're saying, well, the travel time for the Sydney teams, you've, you've just reduced dramatically. I think they should have been the idea of going to, to, to New Zealand and put a team in Perth. Now, if you had another conference where the travel was, that would mean every every team that's outside the Sydney, the Sydney section has to travel to New Zealand, has to travel to, or vice versa, Perth, Townsville, Brisbane. It, it just makes it so convoluted. I know when we talked about our system, Graham, and I know when I was thinking of mine, where yeah. you draw it out of the hat and it's a bit of a spectacle. Uh, and that'd the teams,
0: good that would be a good introduction teams, to the season.
1: Yeah. The,
2: the,
1: the, the teams, are season. the teams are seeded, so it's not as if they're seeded from the year before. I still had the top eight. You drew the top. You drew the top eight, and did it's a have, new.
0: Did you have four? You full, see the pots, up, and the top four are the the different pools the teams that are guaranteed in that group, like, does that, is that how you had it?
1: Yeah. So, so, so what happens is the first four teams are in one. So they're in, so they're basically going to the pots first. Yeah. The they're next four teams they're go in separate end.
0: conferences. The top that's four true. from the previous year would be in separate are In conferences. separate conferences.
1: Yeah. And the way, and, and basically once you had your win loss ratios, you come together and that's the top eight as we know it. And I think that's the problem. I, I really dislike the idea that you have two, and I'm with Griff a little bit, is you've got two separate ladders based on nothing more than geographical location. Well, that you've, what you've done now is you've just really skewed the competition because I think if you were to talk to a rugby league player, what's the biggest dint in their preparation for the next game? It's travel. Mm. every football player would talk about travel. Now, and I think I think we gloss over that. I think we I think we I, I think we genuinely um, BS that. As we go, oh no, they're professionals, they jump on a plane. No. Seriously, I think you know, if I've got if I'm, in, if, I'm if I'm in Sydney, I jump on a plane to Townsville. I, if I go to Townsville for work and come back. I'm buggered. I haven't run fourteen Ks in the rugby league match yet. And I think that's the problem with this system is that there's a lot of travel for half the competition. That puts massive dints into your into your preparation. And I, I, I don't like this this system that they've brought up. I well, think
0: the, the system they're talking about with the two conferences, you've got your Sydney conference with yeah, roosters, Rabbitohs, eels, bulldogs, tigers, panthers, dragons, sharks, seagulls. Then they're calling the other one the expansion conference, which would have Broncos, Titans, Cowboys, Storm, Warriors, Knights, Raiders, a second Brisbane franchise, and the second New Zealand franchise. The way they want to structure it, from what we've heard today, is that nine teams from each conference play each other twice, and you play each team from the other conference once. Right. When when you then go to the finals, each conference would have a top four teams that will qualify for the finals and the finals would then be a separate elimination format. So you'd have first versus fourth in the conference, second versus third in the conference, losers eliminated, and then the winners of that would play for the conference championship. Same happens on the other side of the draw. Those two teams play for a Super Bowl. I think think someone's come out since then,
1: Gray, and actually said that they they wouldn't do it that way, that they'd actually give...
0: See, and this is... This is a thing that's frustrating. It's
1: one day the NRL is putting out what they've different... done. What they've done. What they've done is they've said they if they don't do know what it, they're doing, if they do it your way, the way you just said, that's what's been reported today. They're actually behind one's finals match. Yeah, they're they're behind a week. They're eliminating. They the biggest problem is an extra two teams. In the first people week in rugby away. league land, people in rugby league land are going, look, this could all be for nothing. Why are you talking about it? Because this is this is I this is know. floating this is floating the idea for a broadcast deal. If the broadcasters see some sort of marketability in this, which I do as a look as a fan, I can see this being highly marketable. If the broadcasters say, hey, we might, we might, this might work, I'll guarantee this will change. It has nothing to do with the game, it's all got to do with broadcasters. And you know what with the Channel 9 deal bowing out if you get some broadcaster that's willing to throw all the bank at the NRL deal on the basis that we might have these blockbuster three they're talking about these three blockbuster end of season games correct me if i'm wrong right yeah isn't the isn't the semi final already a blockbuster game
0: like that's that's, right. Yeah, uh, the, in my
1: opinion, like and this is why I couldn't get when I'm going, The grand final
0: qualifier, I don't know if this game's gonna be any the bigger. The biggest problem
1: is, and you know why they want to make it bigger, is because imagine if it was Penrith versus South, only one of those would be in the grand final. All of a sudden, that's a grand final within itself, and that's the problem. But they the problem see. is then you you run the gauntlet. If we have you'll a look, see, like, you know, they're talking about blockbuster games, you'll never see a South Roosters grand final.
0: The the, the the risk they run is that
1: of Penrith. the They'll grand have- final
0: play is played a week earlier and there's a bit of an anticlimax. The only other thing I'm just before I know we've laboured the point a bit. I'm just looking at this week's um this week's draw and some of the games that might not you know, we might get there and go, Oh, there's a game between Brisbane and the Titans this week. Okay, there's two teams. In this conference system, I'll use their model, not mine. I mean, if we use my model, there's heaps of uh, games this week that matter. But using the NRL system, because the NRL probably won't call me up and ask for my system. The game, say for example, one that stands out to me, the Broncos versus the Titans. Um, this game means a lot to the Titans and nothing to the Broncos, I'd say. If we had a conference system where it's an interconference match, you can sell it as a conference uh, you know, what would you call it? I don't know. Derby, whatever. I don't no, know. No, no, you're right, Gray. You're right. Can you sell the, the Broncos-Titans America. game this week? it in America. Yep. More so than what you could if... Like, this week, we're not going to really think that it's a big impact on the competition, but I know, being an American sports fan, that whenever the Dolphins play the Patriots, regardless of how those two teams are going, it's a conference rivalry. And the sad thing is, Graham and and, and Griffo, please chime in. We're
1: getting to the point where Fox is really starting to more and more emulate that American style of, of, of presenting sport because it sells so much more. The marketability of a game really matters now. Sadly, I think it's at the detriment of bums on seats. What goes on TV is so important to these broadcasters. And I think what they're actually doing is I think they're actually looking at this and going, you know what? It's going to be so marketable. It's going to give us two competitions yep. where we can start talking about, you know, fifth place twice, where we can only talk about ninth place once. All of a sudden,
0: more teams are a yeah, I, I not We've like already it. talked about. I appreciate it. I don't like it. We've got five teams here that we've talked about today that we say are a chance. I mean, Griffo, I know that you're not a fan of it. Um, what are your thoughts on the argument that people say, well, if you've got two ladders, which I know you're not a fan of, um, all of a sudden we've got more teams that, that are a chance of uh, getting some form of success, whether it be a conference championship or an overall NRL premiership? Mean this anything to crap, you?
2: crap, to be honest. <laughs> It's absolute load of crap, <laughs> you know. You're not sold you just at get all. The, are you? the best teams, yeah. mm. one ladder, one it's called the NRL, the National Rugby League competition. It's not called the National Rugby League. Uh, I competition. Said, it's rugby league I've outside today. yes, it's 100%, one
1: competition, 100%, Griff. It's not New South Wales Rugby League versus the rest. I agree with you wholeheartedly.
0: That's they could have they, they had not, it. When Super League was around they and... could have had
2: it after Super League if you were gonna you know, when they smoked the peace pipe, um but they didn't. they, they came back to they realized that twenty teams at that time was too many and they took it back to uh well, fourteen. Four yeah. 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 Um and some teams fell by the wayside and some teams merged. And um Look, I, I'm more interested. I'll be honest. I'm more interested in round eight than I am in. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. and we'll get to that. No, you know, like, I just want to I, ask
0: you your gut feeling though, Griffo. Is your gut feeling, regardless of the fact whether you like it or not, is your gut feeling that this is probably going to happen?
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, the first I heard about it was when I switched on the NRL 360 tonight. I don't mm. get the papers or anything like that. And um, I I, I switched that on. Then all the talk is about a conference system.
1: Yeah. So this was actually this was actually broken this morning on ABC, mm. and it was via press release. But this isn't the first time that no, this is not the first time it's come up. No, but it's the first time it's being press released. Yeah. That this is the first time NRL are looking at it. We're, we're putting the bait out, and if broadcasters want to bite, we'll be happy for them to bite. The AFL do this all the time and it mm. works beautifully for them.
0: And I'll be honest with you. I think Volandes is probably the first bloke in a um, position of power that's willing to pull the trigger on big calls like this. I think uh, he's, he's one of those blokes that's not uh, shy about making changes and uh, implementing new strategies. So, I don't know. It's, it's a bit of a watch this space. Um now, something...
1: if Fox want to be the one horse band that they want to be, this is the way to do it. Mm, yeah. This is the way to do it.
0: Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be something to definitely keep our eye uh, on. It's funny. It's the only. Re- it's the only way
1: that they're talking about expansion, which is I think that I think that's the final clincher. I, and I we'll think that's it, the thing. We're going to expand. We'll do this, but this, but expansion comes of
0: this. Because it gets harder the more teams, you really get difficult in the sense of having a draw that makes sense. The draw doesn't make sense now, but... You we'll have a player pool first. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We haven't even gone into the fact that one of those floating teams in players. New Zealand... you got to find 60 players. And mm-hmm. then tell 30 of them, oh, you're going to be based in New Zealand. Am I being harsh in saying that New Zealand has to have one team that's competitive before they... Yeah, no, another? that's fair. I think
2: I, 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 I just think... And I know we've... Talked about this before, and I don't want to bore the listeners or each of us, but I agree with Shane. I'm 100% behind Perth.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I like Perth.
2: Decision, I, you're opening a new market. If you put another team in New Zealand, you're not creating a new market. No, no. You're creating more opportunity, in a sense, for New Zealanders, but the reality is. You're not restricted. If you're a if you're a New Zealand boy who plays rugby league, you can go to any one of sixteen clubs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to play for the Warriors.
0: I think it'll actually dilute the um the the, the talent feeding into the Warriors. I'll, and I don't know if it can be diluted anymore. I'll look into my crystal ball and I'll tell you now.
1: If they create another another New Zealand team It'll get all the help, it'll get all the funding, it'll get everything, and you know what? I guarantee that in 10 years' time, one of them will be gone, and it'll be the Warriors.
0: Yeah, because
1: the new 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 shiny
0: toy will get all the... uh
1: still only have one New Zealand team, and the Warriors are gone. Just fix the Warriors. Yep. If
2: if there is sufficient player talent, which I don't believe at the moment there is, we're seeing a divide at the moment that we haven't seen for a few years. The the distance between the, the good and the bad is, is quite stark at the moment. You add two more teams, it's only going to get worse. But yeah, I, I am in favor of a team in Perth, more so wow. than even a second team in Brisbane. Yeah, but yes. That's just my personal opinion. I you're opening up a new market. Yep. Yeah, you're right. up. You, you're looking at Australia's fourth largest city. There's an you know, there's. It would work. You've got a lot. You've got a lot of cash over in, in WA, and you've got a, you know a large expat population of, of people that would follow an, an NRL team. Yeah. I don't want to bang on about it, but for mine, it's yeah, birth. the NRL. Valandis, obviously, he's made it quite clear. He wants a second team in Brisbane. If, if expansion takes place, that's where he's going. But. You know, I don't like having an odd number of teams personally. I don't want to see buys. No, the, but no. Um, I think Perth, with that extra time zone, I think it's perfect for television. Putting on another game in another time zone, opening up a new market, really, a new market um, of potential people who currently don't necessarily follow the NRL. I, I I just think Perth is 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 where to go. Yeah, personally, I agree.
1: No, but we've got a whole group, group of games this week,
0: don't we,
2: Greg? Absolutely, we, we do. do.
0: And before we get to that, we might even see uh, just what grabbed Griffo's eye last week for Griffo's Grab.
2: for us this week, mate? Okay, well, I won't preface this by saying when I'm looking at uh, what grabbed my eye, it's really, it's got to be something I saw live. I don't mean I have to be at the game, but it's something I'm watching live. So um, the thing that really grabbed my eye as I was watching the game on television live was coming out of uh, the Gold Coast last week. What a game it was, firstly. Um, but it was in the first half. And, and this guy, he, he grabbed my eye two weeks ago. He's grabbed the other eye now. <laughs> David Fifita. Yes, superstar. He is just an absolute wrecking ball. Um, his performance in the first half, well, it should have been a match-win performance, but it wasn't. But what he did to the South Sydney defence, remember this is one of the the, the second top team in the league, basically, at the moment. He tore them apart. One of those tries where he beat about seven defenders in the space of less than 20 metres. I think he beat Reynolds three times on his way to the line. Um, That caught my eye. I don't think there's anyone else in the NRL that can do what this guy does. And um, I don't know what happened to him in the second half. I don't know if he was still on the field, but yeah. <laughs> um, he'd touches. already grabbed my eye uh, before. touches. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how do you lose that game when you're that far in front? And, and uh, I don't know what happened in the second South played well. Don't get me wrong. Take nothing away from them. Their attack was scintillating. But... Um, I don't know what happened to the Gold Coast. They were up by a long long way. Uh, was it 30 to 6 or 24 6 at half time?
1: It was uh it, they were up by 14 at half time. South won 14, the second South won the second half 14 to yeah, South won halftime. the second half 30
2: to 6. Yeah,
0: half time was 24 10.
2: 24 10. All right. Well, that should have been enough. Um, yeah. Should yeah. have been enough. I know other teams, uh, like the Canberra Raiders, uh, they had a bigger lead than that, but and they went down. But um, yeah, I think the Gold Coast would have been really disappointed there. But the damage was done. My eye was already grabbed um, by David Fafita and what he did, three tries in that half. One of them, yeah, he just had to run into a gap, which he did. But the other <coughs> two, the other two were all him. No, um, no one, you know, set up that try for him. No try assist there. It was just feet of power. Um, he he does things that other guys just can't do. Yeah. Um, and he's been a really good sign-in to this point for the Gold Coast. They'll be disappointed, however, that uh, they're not on more than... What are they on? Six points at the moment. Three and four, I think they are. Um, they'll be a bit disappointed with that. But uh, no doubt. David Fafita, he is an absolute wrecking ball and um i think the only thing we need to see from him is the consistency across 80 minutes um and and i was reported i think shane mentioned um he only he only had two runs in the second half what happened there i don't know Mm. but um you know i know they didn't have as much ball in the second half but uh they'll be disappointed to lose that game but the Unstoppable, yeah, fair call
0: Yeah, no, nah, really good form. He's um, he's an unbelievable talent, isn't he? I, I just love watching him play, and uh yeah, it, it's one of those things where each week you just sort of look to see what he's going to do next, don't you? Indeed,
2: yeah. I guess you wouldn't have loved it quite as much as a self supporter in the first half last week. <laughs> no, it was a
0: it was a bit of a concern, and uh, yeah, look, it was um. Well, the yeah, thought,
1: big, the big to... concern, big concern for South Sydney was they missed
0: thirty-five tackles in the first half. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you could almost uh, put that forward as Graham's gaff. So, uh, oh, well, I might as well give you my gaffe, Hey. All right, my gaff this week. It's a bit of an interesting one. Um, I was watching. It was actually the titan South game on the weekend. And I was watching it with Shano, and um, there was one incident, and I said, "That's going to be my gaff." And I got on a bit of a bit of a rant. I got on my soapbox, but I'm going to talk a bit broadly. the The thing that triggered me was the short dropout by Adam Reynolds, and I'm not picking on you know South Sydney Adam Reynolds or whatever in particular. It was a shocker. That was one of those shockers. But what I'm actually calling as my gaff this week, I'm calling out teams that go for these low percentage plays and I feel like we're starting to see a lot more of them and things like being it's not desperation there's plenty of time to go I've even seen teams that are up this year that will go for the short line dropout it's a very low percentage play it doesn't work you're putting your team back you know on under a lot of pressure on the back foot I was just going to ask you guys, first of all, I know I'm from the school of, look, a lot of the times the simple things are going to get you a win. When these things come off, we say it's wonderful. You know, they do a short kick of, oh, isn't that marvellous? Am I being a bit over the top here, boys, in regards to my hate for these low percentage plays? Or do you think that sometimes some of the playmakers are unnecessarily putting their teams under pressure? Because that's my opinion and that's my... My gaff this week. What are your thoughts, Shay?
1: Ah, uh, he should have punched it fifty meters down the field.
0: In that particular instant, it. yes.
1: I didn't get it. I I didn't get. It. You know what? You know what I think. Latrell Mitchell does a couple of them, and they pay off. Like he, it gets the right. Another guy who's done one in the past I've seen is Cleary. He gets the oh, right yeah, amount great. of height and angle, and it's like you're giving the opposition, you're giving your players the best possible chance of getting the ball i don't mind them if you practice them if you practice them and you can do them well in that situation at that point in the game it should have been punched 50 meters down the field i I just don't get it i I, I, the idea of taking pressure off yourself by giving the opposition either two points in front of the sticks or giving them a tap where their wrecking ball can crash over for a try I, i don't get it i I think they're. I don't think they're a low percentage play when practiced. Off the cuff, they're extremely low percentage. You know, I, I go back. I remember Finch doing one many, many years ago, which basically lost the game for him. You know, like it's unless you're a hundred percent sure, you know what you're doing, don't do it.
0: Is this a bit of a yeah. head scratcher as the coach,
2: Griff? Look, I, um, I really came in with uh, the Bulldogs under Des mm. Hasler where they were doing it almost every time and Yes. Um more often than not, it was unsuccessful. Um
0: and they just persisted with it, didn't they? They, they did, even though it remember. was it was wasn't
2: working and um I mean yeah, the Bulldogs under Des Hasler, they made I think two grand finals, but gee, uh towards the end it really got got pretty uh pretty rotten for that for that lot. But um I understand that teams want to make it a contest where they can get the ball back, and, and they do actually believe that in, um, even if they don't get the ball, that they're just as capable of, of defending their line as, as if yep. it were to go out 50 metres. But um, I see it as something you should do if you are behind on the scoreboard and you really need to get the ball back um, to to give yourself a chance of winning the game. Other than that, I'd be wanting to drill it 50 plus meters. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think it, it is becoming more and more common. Um, but if, yeah, it, it's designed to get the ball back and it looks great if you do, whether it, you know, whether you get it back from a tap back or, or whether, you know, you can make you can find touch um, and get it back that way. Uh, but, gee, it looks bad when it goes wrong. Um, as more often than not, it seemed to do uh, of late. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't say don't ever do it, but I, I do say, you know, do it when you're behind on the scoreboard and you really need to get the ball back other than that probably leave it, just get it down as far afield as you can.
0: Yep, no, fair call. Well, it'll be interesting to see this week if um, any teams are in that situation where they need to do it. There's been some some games over the past few weeks where clubs have felt as though it's, uh, it's essential. So we might as well start off and look forward to this week's games. All right, so there's the kickoff for this week. The first game we're going to see kicking off is... The Raiders taking on the Rabbitohs Thursday night at GIO Stadium in Canberra. Bit of an interesting, um, bit of an interesting one in regards to the team news, guys. Uh, the Raiders this week they've uh, got uh, Joseph Tarpany into the the side. They've rested Josh Papali. Um, We'll talk about that in a moment, a bit of a bizarre one considering where they are on the ladder. I know that you boys might have a bit to talk about that, especially also considering that Jared Croker's out. Most weeks when we talk about Papali and Croker being out, we're talking about, uh, you know, some panic happening for the Raiders, so very interesting to see Papali um, rested this week. Um, Just as we're recording this, we've got the, the news coming in that Frawley and... Uh, Dunamis, Louie, other players cut from the extended squad uh, The Rabideaus, uh News out of their team is that Tevita Totola won't actually play He's uh, failed a HIA protocol So um, they're actually going to see Jai Arrow most likely come into the starting side at prop So uh, that'll be his first start for the year Which pushes Mago onto the bench Um very, very interesting matchup we've got here. I should also uh, fill the listeners in that there were some late changes for the Rabbitohs last week with Cody Walker moving to fullback, Benji Marshall coming into the halves. Really, um, really worked for them last week, especially in attack in that second half. I want to throw it to you first, Griffo. I know Shane's going to have a lot to talk about with this one, but I want to get your thoughts on the Raiders. We said last week they need to start winning games to get on the right side of that win-loss record. What are your thoughts that the talk out of the club is that a player like Josh Papali is being rested against a premiership heavyweight like South in what can only be described as a must-win game at home? I'm not sure if that adds up for me. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, um, rested is a very kind way to say he's been dropped.
0: Yes. (laughs) Um, There we have it.
2: Let's let's call a speed a speed. Yep. You took the words um, out of my mouth, Griff. Yeah, yeah, he's been dropped. Yep, I has been rested. Rested just means, oh, yeah, okay. We respect you. We're not going to play you in the in the New South Wales Cup. Um,
0: what do they gain from using that terminology? Wouldn't it nothing. be more motivation to say?
2: But the, the guy himself knows he's been dropped. You know, it's it's just ridiculous, really. Rested? No, just you've been them. dropped.
1: It just stops him asking questions, really. Yeah, I think?
2: mean, everyone knows he's been dropped, mm. not rested. Um, is so stop using to, that term.
0: Is this the game to drop him?
2: No, <laughs> not at all. There you go. Um, you mentioned that uh, their captain or their co-captain is out in Jason Croker. Mm. The other co-captain is still out in the, t- in Hodgson and their other most experienced player, Soliola is not making the, uh, not making the side.
0: Now nah, he's on the reserves.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I assume, but I don't know. Is Jack White in the captain or I, I, I would know, assume I so. Um, this team's, this team is it's really struggling. Um, you lead the North Queensland Cowboys 24 points to six, and you go down 26-24 against a team who was really, they were awful at the start of the year. They got a couple of back-to-back wins against reasonably low-quality opposition. Um, And they're now on the same number of points as the Raiders. Uh, I... I can't see Canberra winning this game. It would take a massive turnaround to beat one of the heavyweights, um, albeit without probably, uh, arguably their best player in Latrell Mitchell. I don't know that he is their best player, but um, he's their biggest name, certainly. This team showed last week how they can put points on. Um and uh, I just think the misery for the Raiders continues this week. Uh,
0: mm.
2: Well, you look at it, and you think, you know, it's a pretty good side. Um, the other guy they're missing is Sean's nickel Clarkstar. start, start. Um, Whatever start you look at, I don't think the stats going to be friendly to the Raiders after this game. I think they're going to be three and five. Um, they got some good players there, but they got some players who who are not playing to uh, to their name um, in terms of what we might see them as. Some of those guys have been arrested. Um, hopefully, no one will be arrested. Um, but uh, you know, the Viking clap will be going. Uh, it's going to be cold. So conditions should favour the Raiders. But they're coming up against a very, very good side in the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and I think uh, they march on this week. The Cardinal and Myrtle. what do you think, Shane?
1: I agree. I, I can't see anywhere where I can't see anywhere where the um, South Sydney side might struggle. Um, the only thing, South Sydney's biggest problem is going to be South Sydney. If they if they miss as many tackles as they did last uh, week, it's going to be an issue look, starting with Canberra, the key thing I have with Canberra this week, I think their bench is better than their starting lineup. I look at their bench and go, well, <laughs> I'd almost have all those guys in my starting lineup and the guys that are starting on the bench. I, I don't know whether what, we, what we've got in front of us is what we'll see at kickoff. I'm not hundred percent sure, but, um, you know, I look at that, which means their bench is okay. You know, like for, for what they can, for what they can muster. Um, the biggest problem I can see is regardless of when they're on the bench, whether they're on or not, is, is Jack White going to get the field position he requires to make something happen? Um, coming up a side against a side where when they want to, they can actually pin opposition down. That starts with Cameron Murray. Um, I think he's been in some fantastic form on the field uh, in, in in the last few weeks. He really has led the charge. Um, Damien Cook has, has found a vein of form. A guy's uh, defence I want to talk about is Campbell Graham. Uh, Campbell Graham's been doing some phenomenal things um, out in the centres. I, I just look at South Sydney, and, and even though, yes, they are a bit depleted, 1 to 17, Jai Arrow starting is a very good thing um, for this club. Um, Cody Walker at fullback, it means they've got that ball playing. Um, ball playing person sweeping round the back. I, I like what I see when that when that happened. I I, I do think that the mat. I do think that the has probably caused a few issues in defence, which which were arrested in the second half against the Titans. However, in saying that, I think South Sydney will be far too strong. The 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 Raiders have far too many injuries and too many top line players out. Um, it would be a shock if South
2: lost this one, Gray.
0: Yeah, I I think South. Uh... Good to go in this one, too. Um, and, and like you said, I actually think that um, the, the the little shuffle they did before kickoff last week with Cody Walker going to fullback, Benji Marshall in the halves, it really um, made those set plays more prominent and seamless. I think it was also, too, something I can't remember if you brought it up on the podcast last week, Shane, or whether it was just a discussion we were having uh, off to the side where you were concerned about Alex Johnston's ability to be able to throw that last ball in that Latrell Mitchell yeah. Yeah, uh, that was, position. They've worked that out. With Cody Walker there in attack, it's all oh, good. good. Yep. Um, I think one player who I'd like to see a bit more confidence out of in defence for South is Jackson Paulo. I think the um, the loss there of Josh Mansour is, is a concern for South. I think the Raiders are going to to try and um, pepper that right side um, defense for South Sydney. But I look at the South Sydney, uh, sorry, the Canberra team, and I'm concerned about where that strike power in that back line is going to come from. Curtis Scott and Rapana, we know, are good players and good finishers. I just don't know through that um, through some of those players in that back line, numbers one through three, I don't know if there's enough sting in that. In regards to your point to the interchange bench, I'm not sure if that's by design that interchange bench in a sense that maybe Canberra are really trying to outmuscle South through that middle part of that game. A lot of those interchange players are going to play from the 20th minute to the 60th minute. Uh, I think yes, South, That's
1: that's the only thing I had. I the think South I have, have
0: a pretty good bench as well. No, if you
1: if you're down by if you're down by 20 because your forward pack can't get you up there, well then yeah, that's yeah. It, it, it was a false economy, isn't it?
0: Yep. And before we go on, I'm just going to um, just remind the listeners and um, I'm sure you guys would agree, the fact that Keon Kalamitangi is an absolute superstar. That is a name that I know is not the easiest to say, but it's going to be one on many people's lips going forward. I think he's a real player of the future and um, I think he's definitely one to keep an eye on for South. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look. And, and I remember. I think
1: Griffo was saying around the water cooler. Now, is he a bolt for Origin?
0: Could be. Yeah, and either. we were talking about it the other day That's about fun. his his um, his 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 heritage and and the fact that he's uh, eligible for the Blues. So definitely something to keep our eye on. Uh, but South, it sounds sounds like South, South, South Sydney for South all Sydney. three. One, two, three. Yep. Yep. Okay. The second game that we have this week on. Friday at 6pm will take us down to Amy Park in Melbourne. Uh, This will see the Storm taking on the Sharks. Uh, In regards to the Storm side, uh, look, we have... um, There's not a lot of uh, Storm news, obviously, when they're they're always winning. But there's a few uh, little changes in a sense that... um, Look... We know that when Brandon, we know Brandon Smith is named each week in that number nine jersey. We know they've got Harry Grant coming off the bench. So please keep in mind when we go through the teams that Brandon Smith, at some stage, whilst he is named in number nine, we always expect him to play some sort of forward role. Um, we know that uh, Nelson Osvaldo Salomona, he's looking at being out for probably another week. Um, and we've also got uh, Ramus Smith replacing George Jennings as a result of his head knock. Uh, Mr. Reliable that we've talked about a lot for the Storm, Tom Eisenhuth. He's been named in the centres this week. We know that he's played a bit of centre in the past. uh, For the Storm, he's been traditionally a back rower, so a big body in the centres, and they're very confident that he can do the job there. For the Sharks, uh, the the word out of the Sharks is that they're going to give... Matt Moylan until probably tomorrow, which will be the captain's run, to uh, prove his fitness before they actually fly to Melbourne. From what I'm hearing, they're not going to go down until about 24 hours before the game. Um, with their team as well, the other thing to keep in mind, I think this is a, a bit of an interesting piece of news. Will Chambers, number three this week in the centres, Josh Dugan. Now down in number 21 for the reserves. Josh Dugan's gone. Yeah, I mean, look, and and, and for some players, they're saying, look, they're they're looking at trying to get a win. The Sharks have lost seven of their past eight games away from home. Uh, Griffo, is this a case of, you know, you can shuffle the deck chairs on the Titanic however you want, but uh, this is going to be a pretty um, long trip for the Sharks down to Melbourne Friday.
2: Yeah, I, I think so, Graham. Uh, I don't. Th- I don't see the Sharks winning too many more games this year, to be honest. Um, uh, I looked at that Melbourne side. It's not the strongest Melbourne side you could feel. They, they're, they're well down on on uh, what their potential best side is. If they were coming up against a heavyweight this this week, I'd, I'd be backing the other side. But. Um, they're certainly coming up against a, a team that is really struggling. This is a team who who got beat by the Bulldogs, and let's be honest, uh, the Melbourne Storm—they're light years ahead of the Bulldogs, even with some players out. I, I can't see anything but a Melbourne win this week. Um, While well, you're missing, you know, Pappinen and and the sofa Solomona, two of their best well yeah two of their best players um there's still plenty of talent going around they've got a guy at six called cameron monster they got jerome hughes at seven um they've still got a big strong forward pack and they got a guy called harry grant coming off the bench who who just tears teams apart it's it's melbourne storm I've, I've not had a close look at who's playing this week but i'll consider this uh possibly as my uh, joker this week. But again, yeah. I've, I've got to look at the other games. But uh, I see no way that Cornella can beat the Storm down in Melbourne. Yeah, I Shane, think huh? a
0: lot of people will have that one as their, uh, the, their margin. Sorry, Shane, to just jump in there. I just want to get uh, your no, no, thoughts no. just just briefly. Can... Griffo, Griffo mentioned um, Pappenhausen being out. Mm. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on the Storm without a couple of these players. I mean, that... We, we say it all the time, and I know that people are going to think I'm a broken record. They're a production line. Nico Hines coming in, um, you know, doesn't seem out of place. Um, You'd expect the same this week. Yeah, look, if they were playing Penrith, so I, I might I might be
1: saying something a bit different. They're not. They're playing the Sharks. My only interest in this game is to see what Chambers does. I, I, yeah. really, I really don't think the Sharks at the moment are going to give any – Ray, hope that they're going to, um, they're going to put up a contest. Um, they've been awful. Uh, um, they, look, and and you know what? Like I, I think, you now that that might be being a bit critical to say that been they have been awful recently, but you know, like it was only. You now I remember. I remember. You know, they got beaten by. They got beaten by. Uh, the eels, and then they belted the cowboys. Now cowboys are cowboys, and then they showed up a little bit against the, the 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 roosters, but then you know against against the the knights it was okay which team wanted to lose more, and it was just the sharks. Um last week, well, they got beaten by the dogs, need we say more, they're gonna get absolutely roasted. They could be playing, they could be playing the second string side for Melbourne. And I would still I would still probably consider tipping, I would still tip against the sharks. There's just nothing at the moment that shows me that they're going to turn up. I'll be interested to see what Chambers does. It'll be an it's an interest piece for me. It's six o'clock, it's Friday afternoon. Of course, I'm going to be watching football, but it's going to be Melbourne by a lot. Yeah. I'm with Griff on the on everything there.
0: Yeah, I think this is a game that Melbourne will win. Um, just to just to talk about the Melbourne Storm side and some of those injuries. One thing I did read during the week, and um, you know, I don't know if this is just the, the Melbourne Storm trying to throw people off the, the scent, so to speak, but um, look, they're, they're, they're not even convinced that Pappenhausen will be back next week for the South game. So I actually think this is a big game for them preparation-wise, uh, because next Thursday is an absolute blockbuster. I I really think that um, they're a much stronger team. We know that even the Sharks, when they're playing at their best at the moment, it's um it it hasn't been quite enough. They they're really struggling at the moment, and they're coming up against an absolute heavyweight. So I think you'd have to be a pretty brave person to uh, tip against the storm in this one. So um, yeah, the storm from all three of us. <laughs> Okay, third game of this week will uh, take us up to Brisbane, Suncorp Stadium, seven fifty-five, Friday night. Uh, the Broncos are going to host the Titans. Uh, in regards to this game, um, we've got a bit of news. Uh, we've got Brodie Croft and Asiata on the reserves list. We're not sure, um, you know, if they're going to come into the team at all for. The, the Broncos. What we're hearing is that um, that's very unlikely unless there's some sort of injury crisis. Uh, the only thing that we are assured of is the fact that Jesse Arthurs will return from his illness to replace David Mead on the wing. Um, for the Titans, Anthony Don is expected to play after recovering from his hip injury. Uh, the other news, obviously, in regards to the Titans team, uh, Herman Sa essay he looks set to make his debut for the Titans. uh we're up to round eight now, so uh, I think Herman will be thinking it's about time to get into this side. He'll be pretty keen um, should that be the way they end up lining up. Um, Tenna Boyd, another name to keep in mind is in the reserves. bit of an interesting one here. We've got the 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 southeast Queensland uh, rivalry. We've got the Broncos taking on the Titans. Shano, tell me your thoughts at the moment on this, uh, this Broncos team. Try to be as gentle as possible, keeping in mind they they got done by forty last week, and um, you know they come up against the Titan side that many would argue should have got the job done against South. Oh, I
1: when you talked about, I, I had flashbacks to the Crushers then when you were when you brought that up, Graham. I, I the Southern Queensland Crushers, you know, that's where the Falcon was born, right there. That's true in that in that gold colored jersey um, look they were horrible against me, um, para um, they they didn't show anything um, their forward pack were non existent um, i almost had i almost had the um, almost had the newcastle knights as the weakest forward pack in the competition last week and then brisbane played and um i i i i couldn't split them in the photo in the photo they're they both horrible um
0: the, the I forgot Brisbane. to mention too that they've got um sorry Shane Milford in the side this week, just in case you want to comment on that. Milford <laughs> at six.
1: Oh, well then they would have lost 46 nil last week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, far out killing <laughs> everyone with, with a with a massive Ooh. amount of confidence. I, I I look at this side, I look at I look at it and I go. And, and Griffo, I think, brought this up on numerous occasions. When we look at the people in this side, there's, there's names. There's names where you went, you'd go, I look at this side and I just think they don't, they don't care. They're not playing for anyone. They they just don't want to turn up. When they have to go the extra mile, they just don't want to do it. That you can tell a lot by a side in the way they cover tackle. When when there's someone misses something, who's chasing them down? Last week, I think it was the second try where um Gutherson slipped past. No one cared. They just watched him run. They just watched him go. Last week we saw numerous times by the top by the top four sides in the competition where someone missed a tackle and they slipped through and they chased them down to the try line. And, and and in two of the games, they caught them. It's nothing matters anymore to this club. And I honestly thought, look. I was talking to someone at the start of the year about um, about about the Brisbane Broncos. And and I said, Oh, Kevin Walters, you know, like I, I wrote him as a coach and they said, Yeah, when has Kevin not had the best side? When has Kevin not had the premium team? He's good with Queensland because he has the best Queensland players who who who, without a shadow of a doubt, can sometimes be the best players in the competition. And it got me thinking, and I now really think this is where Kevy has to prove his worth. That that you have a team which really doesn't look like they want to play football, versing a side who I thought last week um, were outstanding in the first half. Um, definitely, Fafida was brilliant. Um, I, I just, but I just can't see. Back to your question, I just can't see the Brisbane Ford Pack matching it with the Titans Ford Pack. I think the Titans Ford Pack are going to roll them. I think the Titans Ford Pack is going to provide far more opportunities, and the Titans are going to get the chockies.
0: So, Griffo, just looking at this one here, um, I know a lot of people will be looking towards uh, the Titans to win this week. Uh, what, what, what did you take out of that performance against South Sydney, especially you know in? In attack, what excited you about the Titans and the fact that they can lay on some points?
2: Oh, look, they've got points in them, no doubt about it. But as I said, I was disappointed they didn't win that game. Like, for, not because for, I'd follow the Titans, but just think, well, you know, you had South on the ropes, Titans, and you let them off. And it came about because there was some really bad defense, obviously, when a team scores so many tries in a half. But Philip Sami, I thought, was horrible in defense. Mm. He was on the wing. And he kept coming in when he didn't need to um, and just left an open passage for the South Sydney winger uh, to, to go in for a couple of tries. Uh, what what are you doing, Sami? Um like, it's his center, whoever it was inside him, I, I had the guy covered, and he's he's rushed in and, and just left an open space there a few times. But anyway, I just sort of went through these teams and, and you know, player for player. And I, I think as they line up, you know, if I'm, if I'm picking a side, in most, a lot of cases there, I'd be picking the Broncos number, Mm. as opposed to the Titans-numbered guy. Um, there are some exceptions, but again, this is a Broncos team that has individuals who we think are really good players, but the team hasn't gelled. They haven't done so for a while. Um, I like the look of the Broncos' pack as names on a, on a, on a team sheet. Lodge, Turpin, Haas, Ricky, Pungai, Jr., and Carrigan. I think they stack up well against Wallace, Rain Waika Proctor, Fafita, and Peachy. Now, Fafita is a standout in that Gold Coast forward pack, but I don't think any of the others are all that flush. Wallace has shown some good form this year. Fatouwaka, you know, he's, he's a decent player. Mm. I'm not that wrapped on Proctor. No, I'm not that wrapped on Tyrone Peachy to be honest. He's rocks and diamonds. Big he Tino, is rocks
0: and diamonds. Tino's still missing.
2: That's it. And I didn't realize until I looked at it that there's still no Tino. If Tino was there, I'm 100 percent Titans yeah. all the way. Tino and Fafita taking on they'll 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 beat the Broncos forward pack. I'm going to tip the Titans. Don't get me wrong. I'm. I'm... Ooh,
0: I thought you were going not... to
2: do a Tyson gamble. No, 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 no. I'm... Look, I I give the Broncos a chance. Um, If they come out with the the attitude that they had against the Panthers, they're a chance in this game. But I don't know if they will come out with the attitude that they need to have. There's massive question marks around the halves. Now, in a rugby league team, your halves really dictate your level of success to a large degree. It comes from the six and seven. Mm. Now, it's a new six and seven combination. Um, Kevy Walters has gone for the gamble uh, in more ways than one. <laughs> and he's brought back Milford. Now, everyone was on Milford's back. You know, he's kevin has got to sack him. You know, Milford's not doing the job, all this sort of stuff. Um, this guy's probably shouldered more of the blame than anyone other than Anthony Siebold for for the Broncos' problems over the last couple of years. And he's back after one week out. <laughs> now, it's a bit like Anthony Seymour. Well, he might yeah. get... How are the nights going with Seymour? That's Seibold right. That's exactly
1: stuff. it. Because, you um, know, because like we said, their forward
2: pack's going well. Look, Xavier Colts, Herbie Farnworth, and Corey Oates are all guys I rate as, as footballers in the, in, the, in the back line. Uh, But I just can't bring myself to tip the Broncos. I would not be surprised if they beat the Gold Coast. I'll be honest. Mm. But on a percentage basis, I've got to tip the Titans. The Titans have got points in them. No doubt about that. The Broncos, they just haven't got consistency. They've got a lack of leadership. And they've definitely got a lack of game management around the six and seven. Um, for mine, I have to tip the Titans, basically, because I can't tip the Broncos. So yeah. um, it's a two-horse yeah. race, and uh, that leaves only the Titans. Yeah, yeah.
0: and and, and the, the tough thing, too, looking at it here uh, for the Broncos is not only the fact they're not winning, their second halves have been horrible recently. Um, from what I can see... I'm pretty sure they haven't scored a point in their past four second halves. So I'll be honest with you, if you're a Titans fan and the Titans are, uh, are within QE at half-time, you'd back them because the Broncos just haven't been finishing well. And I think that's what you boys have been getting at, the fact that you can't set your watch to this team. There's too many inconsistencies within them. And I think the Titans are showing, a, they're showing too much promise. And this is one of those games, given where they are on the ladder, just, you know, they're fighting for that that top eight position. These are the games they should win. So uh, I think that's a fair enough reason for all of us to be tipping the Titans. Mm -hmm. All right, Super Saturday this week's going to kick off at 3 p.m. at Carrington Park in Bathurst. We have the Penrith Panthers taking on the high-flying Manly Seagulls. So, look. Very interesting game. I'll give you the team news first of all. Uh, Penrith are telling us that Apasai Korosau is definitely going to be starting this game. That's what we're hearing. Mitch Kenny this week we see on the reserves. All the talk coming out of Penrith is that he'll play New South Wales Cup on Saturday. Uh, Crichton, he, we know, um, is going back to that edge with Dylan Edwards coming through uh, last week's game at fullback. So uh, we'll see a permanent... um, Re- reverting back to the original plan with Edwards at fullback and Crichton in the centres. For the Manly side, uh, no changes. Um, the team news that we're hearing out of them is that Sirnan and Suli are probably still a week or so away. But you could imagine with the Manly side that you're not going to see too many changes. Since Trbojevic came back, they have been flying high and been in good form. Panthers. Um, well, look, I'll, I'll I'll talk to you first of all, Griffo, about the Panthers, seeing as though you watch them very closely every week. They still are undefeated. The Manly Sea Eagles, though, they're they're starting to um, to show some form. What are your thoughts specifically on how the Panthers are travelling? The current makeup of this side and the R uh, seventeen we see this week going forward, um, you know, it's not exactly the seventeen they started the season with, but at the moment it seems like uh, a quite a good option for the Penrith side.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think there's anyone there really missing at the moment this week, um, uh, apart from Momorovsky. Who's suspended? I don't think they've got yep. any injuries. Um,
0: yeah. Naden's on the reserves. We know that he's yeah, going uh, to the look, Bulldogs next year,
2: yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's uh, I don't know whether he's looking to get out this year or not, whether the Bulldogs can fit him under their cap this year, but I don't think we're going to see Brent Naden playing too much first grade at, at, at the Panthers this year, um, unless there's injuries. Um, I think you know, even. Maybe Robert Jennings might be ahead of him on the pecking order uh, if there is an injury in that three-quarter line. I think Jennings comes in before nane at this stage. Um, Penrith have conceded about an average of six points per game. Uh, yeah. They don't have the best attacking record in the league, but they've got massively by far the best defensive record. Tommy Turbo's been... Uh, been on fire the last few weeks. He cut open the Tigers last week. Uh, he cut open uh, whoever it was the week before when on his. Titans. Who was it, Shane? Titans. Titans, okay. Yeah, he did. 36 0. Mm. Um, the rest of the team's not that different, to be honest. It's just what that guy brings, firstly, as an individual, but secondly, in instilling confidence in the rest of his team. So. You know, congratulations to the Sea eagles the three wins in a row. When you do that in the NRL, that's a good effort, no matter who you play, the three wins in a row. This week, however, they come up against a team who have a reputation of tackling. And um, I think Tommy Turbo is going to find it much harder against the Penrith Panthers than he did against the Titans or, or the West Tigers. Um defensively, Penrith, uh, obviously would have looked at, uh, at what he's done in the last few weeks. I can't say Tommy Turbull not going to be a factor in this game cause he will be, but what he won't be, I don't think is, is the big factor, uh, in making as many line breaks and he'll make line breaks. Don't get me. He's a genius. Um, but I think what Penrith will be able to do is control him much more so than either the Titans or the Tigers could do. You control Tommy Turbo, and uh, I think you control Manly pretty well. To be honest, I don't think they've got that many bullets to fire if he's not uh, if he's not behind the, the gunning. Schuster, um, obviously is a really good player. Um, he's too big to be a 5 8 you know I know he was earmarked as, as the next number six there at Manly. but he's doing really well in the back row. He's got skill he's got power. so he's a danger to the panthers um Dely cherry Evans his form is obviously picked up as uh, Tommy turbo's come back. He struggled without turbo in the team uh, and he was controlled by pretty much everyone. Uh, but uh, he, he's a much better player for having turbo there. But can Manly handle what they'll what will be thrown at them? Um, yeah, Good I, point, point rest with I like Crichton last week, he wasn't fantastic, but he showed that you know his form last week was certainly better than it had been earlier in the season. Center is his position, um. And I think he's going to be better for that run in the centres. And I I think he might cause Manley some problems this week. We saw what the other centre is doing. Matt Burton's outstanding and playing outside Jerome Luai. So Manley are going to have to defend really well to keep the Panthers uh, in check. Um, They played earlier in the year. It was a big, big win to the Panthers, but Manley didn't have turbo. I think Penrith win. I don't think they're going to win by a, by a huge score, um, but as a Penrith supporter at all at the end, you, you will just want to see two points, another two points added to that list, and I think we will this week. Shane, oh.
1: Yeah, oh, look, <laughs> I can't give an analysis uh, on Penrith any better than you just did. It, it, you, you've said everything regarding both sides. Um I was very critical of Manly a few weeks ago, and I said one player can't make a difference. Um, Obviously, they can. (laughs) That's all I've got to say because it's just I cannot believe they are chalk and cheese. Like, you know, like the way in which they played the game before he came back and the way they played against the Titans, it was was unfathomable. Like, you, you could not believe the same players were taking the field. Um, he's definitely instilled some confidence that we just, we just obviously as fans we don't see behind closed doors. Um, but definitely it's there on the football field. Um, looking at, looking at the game, I've got I've got Penrith one hundred percent. Um, that's that that goes without saying because I just think that they are on fire at the moment. Um, it was I'm. I'm loving Dylan Edwards week by week with it. He plays. Um, I really think he's becoming a very mature footballer. If there's one thing, if there's one thing I think for, for Manly, it's that edge speed that they've got with Saab out there, but they've got to get it out there first. I just look at the one to 17 and just go, wow, for Penrith and they've got too many good troops on the park. Right? Yeah.
2: I'm
0: to be Penrith in this one. Um, I'm thinking a little bit, like, or go along the lines of last week's game for the Panthers, in a sense that on the scoreboard last week, there was a large part of that game where the Newcastle Knights were a chance of winning that game. But if you're actually watching the game and watching how it's unfolding, you never really felt like the Knights were going to win. Penrith just found a way that whilst they weren't, you know, kicking along throughout the whole game on the scoreboard. They got the job done in the end. The cream ended up rising to the, the top. I feel like we're going to see a similar game this week where on the scoreboard, the Seagulls will be in the game probably with 20 minutes to go. They might be six down, but uh, the Panthers will then probably end up winning by 18. I feel like Penrith just know how to finish teams off this year. They know how to, to pace themselves. They don't get too excited and try and win a game in the first 10 minutes. And um, I think this is a this is going to be I think a little bit of a grounding um, game for the seagulls, but in saying that danger game for Panthers tipping Panthers, but I think they need to have the right mindset going into this one. All right continuing on with our games on Saturday uh, at Stadium Australia 530 the Canterbury Bulldogs coming off a win will host the Parramatta Eels. Uh, just in regards to team news, the Bulldogs, uh, they've named Matt Dury and Chris Smith, but obviously they're still waiting on um, their HIA protocols being passed throughout the week after picking up those head knocks in last week's game. Uh, the Bulldogs are saying that Dallin Martini's a this week is 50-50. They've named him on the reserves, so keep an eye on that Um Yeah, so he was actually in hospital, I think, last week with that leg infection, so definitely something to keep your eyes on. For the Eels, uh, they're looking this week for Hayes Dunster to be a bit of a utility for them coming off the bench. Uh, Will Smith is sidelined due to a broken thumb. We also see on that bench in number 15, Ryan Madison has been named. Uh, From what I hear, I didn't see the New South Wales Cup game last week, but he got through 80 minutes in that one. This week, know we've got the Bulldogs coming off a win. Um, I think it's fair to say though that it's a it's a little bit of a step up in class because the Parramatta Eels have just snuck themselves uh, up to second spot on the ladder, uh, and and they're travelling quite well with a big win last week against the um, the Broncos. Do we see uh, the Bulldogs? getting near the Eels or is this one of those games where, um, you know, the Bulldogs are really going to come back down to earth. Yeah.
1: It's, it's an absolute, uh, contrast in, uh, oppositions that going from a shark side who really, I think are still down from the decision of binning the coach to playing a side who seems to be feeling like they're on the up and up and, and and clawed their way to second spot on the competition later last week. Um, I look at I look at at Parramatta and I just like what I see. Um, they've got they've got the processes in place that they needed to to sort of arrest any issues they had at the start of the year, and they're starting to play some really good enterprising football. Their forward pack is coming into its own. Reed Marnie's in, in an absolute vein of form. His kicking game is outstanding. Like what he's doing in assisting the forward pack and the halves and and you know it, it is is doing some very very good things at the moment um i i think when i look at the 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 bulldogs if i'm the bulldogs now i'd say okay we won last week high emotion the goal this week is just to play solid football yet we may not win you probably won't win but if you can just play solid football, complete the sets, hold, hold your, hold your line and get it to the point where you make Parramatta have to play rugby league. If Parramatta decide they want to throw the ball around, they're gonna win by they're gonna win by an absolute cricket score. It's it's not it's gonna be an absolute non-contest. I think if you if you if you want to give the Bulldogs something, the Bulldogs have to hold their defense strong. And, and they have to show up and play in saying that I can't see anything but a Parramatta win. I think the Parramatta, not only do they win, they win very, very well.
0: Yeah. And, and just on Parramatta, Griffo, we often talk about their key players, Moses Gutherson, uh, you know, when they're firing the, um, the team's firing, that was definitely the case last week.
2: Yeah. I, I, um... Yeah, I was impressed with what they were doing last week uh, against the Broncos, but it was the Broncos um, last year's you know wooden spooners and they come up against last year's uh, number 15 team. Um, a team that learnt to uh, many of the guys would not have known the words to the team's song uh, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, they would have had happened. the uh, the sheet out with the with the song. Uh, I don't know how the song goes. Um but
0: uh neither do they, they probably <laughs>
2: they, they won't be they won't have to worry about it this week because they ain't winning. Um so that's it, if
0: they could get a verse
1: out, they would have been choked up.
2: Oh look, uh, there was tears all around. Um there might be a few tears this week, but there won't be tears of joy. Um they come back to earth this week against uh you know, one of the top sides in the in the NRL who are um who can put points on. So this, again, becomes a, a thought process. Uh, do I go with the Parramatta Eels as my joker on the margins this mm-hmm. week? I'm definitely going with them for a win. Um, it's a mismatch. It really is. Bulldogs will get a good lot of confidence the fact that they got a win, but uh, they might have to wait a while for the next win. I'm not sure what their draw is like, but to be honest... I can't see myself tipping the Bulldogs too often this year. Um, certainly not in this game. Too many guns for Para. Big, strong, well, not the biggest forward pack, but they're still pretty sizable. Um, Papa Lee, he, he's been a revelation for Parramatta. And um, you got Campbell Gillard and Junior Paul up front. Yeah, look at the bench there. They've got some talent. Caffucci, um, you know, he's a state of Oregon, Um uh, <laughs> Mattison is a quality player. Uh, the Dunster's back. Um, we haven't seen the Dunster for a while. Uh, and Bryce Cartwright did some good things last week. So I think he had a try assist. Oh, so, yeah. Um, so this is a guy who's, who's, you know, got skills that most players don't have. Um but, you know, he's he's obviously been let down by particularly his defense. But uh, it seems that, you know, Brad Arthur's using him quite well off the bench. Um, so he's the sort of guy that can come on and, and let's be honest, they're playing the Bulldogs who are not the uh, number one defensive side in the league. Um, he might come on and uh, lay on a trial two. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to I'd love to be able to give Bulldogs fans some hope, but no, I, I, I'm back in Para,
0: 100%. Hard to argue, isn't it? The, the the one thing for the Bulldogs that they do do well that we've talked about is complete sets. I think they were up over 80% against again last week. Our criticism of them throughout the year has been that they haven't been able to do much with the ball. I don't think they're going to be afforded too much opportunity with the ball this week. I think Parramatta's going to... Um, control this game. I think we're going to see another good hit out from some of those key players. I mentioned before Moses and Gutherson. Um, it'd be remiss of us not to mention the contribution of um, Sivo on the weekend for the Parramatta side. He was another one that if uh, you're a fan of the super coach and the fantasy football, uh, you'd want to hope that you had him as your, your coach because he, uh, sorry, as your captain. Because uh, he definitely um, did well in the stats side of things. Uh, I think he ended up with five line breaks, uh, 200 metres and uh, a few tries. So look, Parramatta have players in form and they've got a sniff of success. They're sitting in second spot. I don't think they're going to let that go too easily. So I, I'm in total agreement with you fellas this week. I am um, all behind Para for a win. Okay, moving on to our next game of the round. Uh, We move to 7:35 on Saturday. McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle will see the Knights hosting the Roosters. Uh, For the Knights, uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon. He is on the reserves list. What we're hearing is that he might get a run in reserve grade through the New South Wales Cup. Uh, he had shoulder surgery back in February, I would have thought it would be. So we're, we're seeing him coming back through and making his return. Uh, Adam O'Brien has also uh, chosen to have Connor Watson start this week. He will be wearing the number 13 jersey in previous weeks. We've seen him um, you know, starting out off the bench. So we'll see what they decide to go with when the team's actually run out. Uh, James Tedesco, he has been named, but there is talk that he might be in doubt. I mean, a player of his caliber, you'd expect to play. Um, we do know, however, that he had that head knock against the Dragons. Um, they do take those sorts of things very seriously. So, if Tedesco is not good to go, you would imagine that um, that yeah, there might be a bit of a change there with Manu possibly at fullback and Nikavalu, you know, coming in. Uh, a lot of people are saying, oh, is this an opportunity maybe for Joseph Suali? Um, I, I think that people need to, to calm down. He'll get his chance, but I'm not sure that it's going to be uh, this week. Um, Griffo, Newcastle Knights. Um, we've talked about them over the past few weeks as being one of those teams that have been a bit up and down. We saw them last week De- uh, defeated by the um, the Penrith Panthers, and now in hindsight, the game before against the Cronulla Sharks, where they got up by four points, may not seem as impressive. They come up against the Roosters side this week, who um, whilst they're missing their halves, we've seen some. Um, yeah, you know, they're the Roosters. do Do we do we think the Knights at home are going to give the Roosters a bit of a test this week? No. Not at all. (laughs) Not a chance. (laughs) Are are the Roosters, are they, you know, we talked about their halves being such a big deal. Obviously, it's not their ideal halves. Have they been as big a loss as we thought?
2: No. No, Some walkers uh, showed his class, really. Uh, We've heard about him for a while. Uh, And he's, um, he's 18-year-old. He's delivering. Mm. Uh... I, I i don't see they're going any worse than they were when luke Carey was there to be honest um hutchinson's going all right as well um i was really impressed with the roosters last week uh, you know it was the big game what big game you know uh that is uh before the game itself i mean it's just uh it, it, it's done really well by by the NRL, that that whole build-up, and um, yeah, I, I was, you know, I was just tearing up a bit before the game last week. It was just such a the way they do it. They, they honour the ANZAC uh, so well. Likewise, I must say, in Melbourne, uh, in the lead-up to the storm and and the Warriors, that was also brilliant. Um, but this rooster side you don't often see them losing against lesser lights uh where they you know where they they're coming on is is when they play the top sides um they get the job done against newcastle newcastle are one of those sides that are vying for for a top eight spot um uh, i just i don't know if they're going to get there on paper They've got some good players there. Their forward pack looks pretty good, but they really didn't trouble the Panthers at all too much. Um, you know, they were they they were pretty good in defence, Newcastle. Um but there just wasn't a whole lot of go forward there. They have got Kaelin Ponger. He was controlled well by Penrith. There was one uh, one situation where he put on the step step, he broke a few tackles, beat a few guys, but Pretty much, he was controlled by the Panthers. I think, likewise, the Roosters will, will be able to um, to nullify Kalen and Ponga, and if you do that, well, they haven't got too much else. Um, didn't see much of Bradman best last week. Um, I just can't see where Newcastle win this game, Shano.
1: Um this is you, Griff. I, 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 I their forward pack are doing nothing. Um. They had a game a few weeks ago where, um, Society, I think it might've been his 150th game. He had a blinder and it was like, well, hang on, maybe this Ford pack have turned up. Um, they're not doing anything. They're leaving it to one person. Uh, at times that's clamor. Um, at times it's not as a unit, they are horrible in their Ford pack. They, uh, they are the, they are, in my opinion, when you look at their names, that they, they come like they've got they've got Brisbane Broncos giving them a run for their money, but they're not performing for they're a non performing forward pack, and maybe the league's most non performing forward pack behind Brisbane. Um, last week again, Penrith invited that club back into it. Penrith were Penrith were Penrith are not that far ahead where they couldn't take capitalise and couldn't take advantage. Their forward pack just couldn't show up against Penrith. Um, it's going to be the same this week. I I actually hold grave fears for Newcastle this week. I I actually think they're going to lose, and they might lose by a number, Graham.
0: Yeah, yet again, it's uh, it's one of those games where we've got a team that's in that that upper upper echelon really of the the NRL. They're, the the Roosters, they're they're fifth on the ladder at the moment. They're definitely one of those teams that we're expecting um, to be up the top there, and as as I alluded to before when I was talking to Griffo, um, the the changes they've made in the halves, the they've done a great job. They're not they're not really you know losing that that Roosters feel that we thought they would. They're still the Roosters, they're still getting the job done. Big game for the Knights, though, they're they're, they're really in that mix. They're on uh six points with all those other teams we talked about. I feel as though the they won't get the job done this week and they're going to start to slide uh and it'll be it'll start to get pretty tough for them to to claw their way back um yeah for me it's a it's a team that i i think is uh is playing really good football showing a lot of promise against a team that's um that's really inconsistent so uh the roosters for me are definitely the team to back in this one Okay, so moving on now to our games on Sunday. The Warriors are playing out of their adopted home at uh, Gosford. Central Coast Stadium will host this game. Warriors taking on the Cowboys. In regards to the team news, uh, Josh Curran's going to take his place in the side after uh, being successful in looking at a downgrade on a careless high tackle with the judiciary last night. Uh, so, in addition to that, we've also got uh, Tohu Harris, Adam Pompey, and David Fisitua all being named to return from their injuries. So, a lot of ins for the Warriors, a lot of uh, good news for them, and they do have a pretty good record against the Cowboys, having won three of their past four games against the North Queensland side. Um, Jason Talmalolo has been the talk of the Cowboys side this week. He has been named. Um, for him to be a certain starter, they're probably waiting for him to get through the a uh, full session of contact later on in the week. Watch this space, but all uh, signs are pointing to I Jason reckon- Tamulola return. I reckon. I reckon at full time
1: last week he was looking for another door to jam his hand in. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> it, it, it,
0: was, it, it was,
1: he was. probably thinking. thinking you
2: know, I wish I was, fly, bang. I oh, wish man. I was an octopus, had a few more hands to break. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look, the other player I wanted to talk about from the Cowboys, uh, Jordan McLean, he has been named in the number 10 jersey. Uh, they're expecting him to play, but uh, just keep in mind, he hasn't trained all week. So, uh, yeah, just one to keep your eye on there, especially if you're a Cowboys fan. Uh, look, these two teams, Shano, um, look, it's, it's a very hard one to comment on. Last week, we had the Cowboys shock winners, really, over the Canberra Raiders. I don't know if that says more about Canberra as opposed to the Cowboys. Uh, The Warriors were able to score a few points in that Anzac Day clash, but as we expected, the Storm came over the top. How much of an impact does adding, you know, Harris, Fisitua, Pompey, even ensuring that Josh Curran's there, having those troops on deck, I feel as though might have a bit of an impact for the Warriors.
1: Yeah, they, they will. They will. Um, it will. It will. Most definitely. I thought last week they were just, you know, they just out of their depth. are uh, the Warriors, and when you look at it this week, and you look at their team, um, it, it it's got some balance to it. Um, the thing, the thing for me is, I I just look at, I look at the Warriors and how they've played in the last few weeks, and I just can't. Like you now you talk about two teams you can't set your watch by. Now, they're an hour by hour prospect, both of these sides. When I look at the I think I think that the Warriors are a bit more settled. Um in saying that if Tom Lumber plays for, for the for the Cowboys, I think I've got them nudging ahead. I I think the Cowboys are this. Are this team that are going to play well in patches, they'll play well for a couple of weeks and then fall off and then all of a sudden they'll come good again. And at the end of the year they win about a third of their games. That's the that's the Cowboys for me this year. So when I look at the Cowboys, I think that you know I think that that they've got it within them. If this side that's named take the field, for me they win. I, I just I just look at the I just look at the Warriors. And I'm not seeing that I'm not seeing that Warriors of last year and the Warriors of the first five rounds. It's like this new team starting to emerge that that just that just uh are, are, are running at 75% the whole game. And it's there's no there's no real kick on, there's no real punch. And I, I know, I know. I know Nathan Brown as a coach, I, I I don't think he's trying, I don't think that's something he's wanting for his side. But for some reason, they're this side now that run at 75% and they don't quite get to that next level anymore. Whereas at the start of the year, they were jumping to that next level at times. Um, I, I, I find their halves combination this week really interesting. Um, I, I'm... I think that's probably a significant chink in the armour is across the back line. RTS is brilliant, though. Of course, not him included. But when I look at the two sides, JT in the other JT for the Cowboys, I've got the Cowboys nudging ahead of this one, mate.
0: Griffo, I was just going to get your thoughts on the Cowboys here. Um, Last week... The highlight of their game for me really was that completion rate. Uh, for, for any team to complete at 89%, you're giving yourself a pretty good chance to, to win the game. Um, look, in saying that, the week before they were at about 73%, so that just shows the inconsistency of the Cowboys. Uh, what were your thoughts on them last week? It, it seemed like a case of if you hold the ball... Um, then, 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 wins might come for the Cowboys.
2: I was impressed by the fact that they were down twenty-four-six and got up. Yep. Against, you know, a team that before the start of the year I, I thought was a, one of the top-flight sides. Um, I'm not thinking that now, but but part of that is because of what the Cowboys did. Um, in saying that. I still don't think they're a good side, the Cowboys. <laughs> no, no. Um, but to their credit, and to, to Coach Peyton's credit, they've put three wins together after after a horrible start to the season. They were awful in in most of those first four games. Mm. I saw them live in round one. They only went down twenty four nil, I think it was. Um, but they were they were dreadful. Um and that was with Taumalolo. Interestingly, the three wins they've had, there's been no Tau Malolo there. Ah, no, that is um, correct. Um which you just wouldn't expect because you know he is the their number one man, uh, not just in contract uh, value, but I mean he's you know, for a long time he's he's been recognized as the best forward in the game. You couldn't say he is at the moment on performance. Um yeah, he he wasn't doing a whole lot. And, and Coach Payton came out and publicly basically criticized him, which I thought was a strange move. And obviously, um t- Malolo didn't like it. And all of a sudden, he's got one broken hand, and then he's got another broken hand when uh, the one, first one fixed up. That tells me, um, you know, I, I, while, uh, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, generally speaking, I don't think he's a real happy guy, um, and, you know, but he's had time to think about it, I guess, and think, well, gee, you know, these boys, these young boys are getting the job done. Um, I could add something to this. And he uh, hes the captain, is he not? Uh, mm. Yep. Um, you'd, you'd, if, if from a Cowboys perspective, you'd be hoping they don't go backwards with him back in the side because they, they've been really enthusiastic and and they've won games that they weren't expected to win. Um, Valentine Holmes has been a big part of that. Um, interesting. These guys uh, have signed Chad Townsend to big a big contract. I can't believe it because Chad Townsend he's just a decent first grader. He, he's he's not a player I would have thought was you know something like eight hundred a year. We've said it
1: before and we'll say it again. Griff, good on him. Yeah, well, you know, like you know, like
2: ten. He's yeah, above like, his weight there. Yeah, um, and then we, they went and signed Tom. Did now? Where does Dinn. that leave
0: drink water?
2: Well, that's it, isn't it? By the water cooler. <laughs> um, <laughs> by the water cooler. I, I'll put I'll put it to you that drink water is a better player than either of those two blokes. Yeah, on his
1: day, I agree. I I I think I think if I was building, if I wanted a player that I could build for six years, like two, in other words, two contracts, I think he's the man. He's the guy that for two contracts, I've got to, I
2: can build something around. Um, I mean, Towns instead steady, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but if you lined up all the number sevens in the game, he's not in the top 10. No Even longer. when
1: they won the comp, he had a, an immense amount of
2: people around him that built a structure that he could work with. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, good luck to him, but mm. you can't you can't blame him for signing mm. because no way. I don't know what Cronulla would have offered him, but it wouldn't have been anything like that. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's astounding. I honestly don't.
0: Agree. Well, they're offering like, Reynolds. Uh, what is it? Two point four for three years.
2: But Reynolds is, you know,
0: yeah. That, like you said, Cromalli is a far better player up. than
2: Chad Townsend. Like seriously, yeah. What are these? What, I just don't understand it. But you know, good luck to him. Like I said, and yeah. and I've seen nothing from Dearden. He came, you know, he's had huge raps on him for a few years. I've seen nothing from him to say that you know he's. And I don't know what they're paying Dearden, but what I do know is that drink water. He's a high quality... He's not consistent. I'll, I'll say that. There's question marks on his defense. But he's got a lot of skill and attack. He can, he can set up tries. He can score tries. I'd have him at number six before either of those two guys that they've actually signed. Now, they've opened negotiations. They want to sign him. But what, where does he fit in? If you've signed yeah. Townsend and Dearden, where does Scott Drinkwater fit in? Because... Valentine Holmes seems to be warming to that number one jersey. Um, I, Anyway, that's that's for the future. As for this week, I'm actually tipping the Warriors. Um, I just think they're they're uh, all round they're they're a better side than than the Cowboys. Both sides, I think, are on six points. Um, the two number ones are probably the best play. Well. Probably the best, was well, certainly the best back in either side. Yeah, uh, Tuvasa Shek is, is high quality. Valentine Holmes is starting to show, you know, what Valentine Holmes is capable of. He, he hasn't done a whole lot since he came back from the uh, from the NFL or, or whatever he did over there. I don't know what he did. He didn't play a game, did he? Uh, went, I don't think he did, uh, anyway. Um, he had a dream, you know, few people have had dreams. Um, I, I think I, I was impressed by Reese Walsh last week in his debut. Uh, it certainly looks a confident player. Um, I think the, the Warriors backline, I like it better than the Cowboys and, uh, the forwards. I, I like what the Cowboys, the young guys have been doing. Um, you know, they've got the big on there and he's been doing good things. Um, uh, and he's uh yeah, I I just think Warriors, uh they're at home at Gosford and they they generally tend to play pretty well out of Central Coast Stadium. Uh I like the look of their bench too. Tavanga, Armour, Fower and Sirenen. I think that's a pretty good bench there. Hmm. Um for mine I I think Warriors, but I don't say it with a you know, huge amounts of confidence. Graham, uh, what did you think on this one? I'm going to go the Warriors as well.
0: I, um, yeah, this is one of those ones that could go either way, but I think I've got a little bit more confidence at the moment in the Warriors, even though, you know, the Warriors are coming off a loss last week. They came up against some pretty good opposition in the Storm, and, um, you know, there, 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 were, there were times there where it looked good. Um, got to remember, too, I think the week before was the game they won against the Dragons. Um, and the Dragons had been winning games. So, you know, they, they went down by a point to the Seagulls. I'm just thinking about their recent form. They've been there or thereabouts, and they actually have some players coming back in that I think will make a difference. Um, I think Toru Harris and David Fizatua are important parts of this side, and I totally agree with you. I think the Warriors' style of football... Um, in regards to that balance between having the big forwards and also some some good mobility, I think that that's going to serve them well to set a good platform to um, to score some points against the Cowboys. So I'm going to tip the Warriors, but um, yeah, I think this one's the the game that's going to divide the tipsters this week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Our final game of the round will take us to Wind Stadium in Wollongong, 4.05 on Sunday afternoon, where the Dragons will host the West Tigers. Uh, last week, I talked about Ben Hunt being close to returning. They're expecting him to play this week. Um, so last week, he didn't quite get there. Uh, the way they've named the team is with Adam Clune in the 14 jumper on the bench. Uh, Jack Bird, he... He, well, last week we'll call it a bit of an experiment with the, um, with the time he played at 5'8". He's going to be back in the centres by the looks of everything this week. Um, Max, for you guys looking at playing his first game of the season, we know that Pereira and Ravalawa are missing through suspension. Uh, those incidents from the Anzac Day game have had a bit of um, airplay across the media outlets this week. Um, so, yeah, we know that they won't be there. In regards to Mark, Michael Maguire's team, um, the, the talk was that there may have been a possibility of Joey Leilua picking up an injury in the New South Wales Cup last week, but um, they've named him in the number three jersey and the talk is he will play. But there was a lot of talk that he may have broken his thumb in that game. So good news for the Tigers in regards to him being uh, cleared. Um, for the Tigers, uh, look, we we had a lot of praise for them last week. Shano after that game against South, uh, we effectively called it a draw against South, and then you know I I suggested that. They probably didn't have the um, the gas in the tank to put a couple of good performances back to back. Last week they got towed by Manly. Do you see this week as an opportunity for the Tigers to bounce back? Because realistically, um, we can put it this way: they're equal last. The only thing keeping them off the bombs for and against. Uh, no, Griff. No. <laughs> they're,
1: they're, they're horrible. They look. I thought against. Look, we had a lot I of praise they- for them last week, and they disappointed I us. Did, didn't they? I did. I did. They disappointed us. Look. I went back and thought about that game against South Sydney, and 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 how they played last week. The Tigers, I, I think that I think the problem with the Tigers is is that no matter how no matter how much they work, they just don't know how to get the job done. It's it's like you know. I, I, I remember what Coach One saying to us, you know. It's, it's like a dolphin. No matter how much it wants to come to the surface, it can't live on land. That's the thing with the with the with the with the with the tigers at the moment. No matter what they do, they just can't win. They just can't get that over the line. No matter how close, no matter what the opposition, and they were exposed badly last week. I think they're going to get exposed again. Mind you, if I wanted to play. Um, if I wanted to play the the Dragons, this week's not a bad week. Um, the Dragons aren't looking like much of a... You know, they, they, they won these four games in a row. Everything was going swimmingly and the wheels are falling off the card a little bit. Um, this has the potential to be who's going to be the worst team and they're going to lose and the one that's less worse might win. I thought you were going. to dub the game then for a second. Give no, I'm not No, no, it's not going to be. It's not going to be the Portal game of the week. I, I actually think this is the game. This is the week for the. Um, this is the week for the for the St George Illawarra Dragons to come to come back, um, to come good again. When I look at the Tigers, um, nothing fills me with much hope. I think that I think. I think that the 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 Dragons have the troops on the field when they glue and put it all together. Um, they do this play some very good football. I look at, I look at, I look at the, the Tigers forward pack and think it's got something to offer, but they have to make it work. Um, for me with the, with the Tigers, the minute their their rotational forwards come on, there's an issue, but then, you know, this week, it'll be interesting to see with Ben Hunt, uh, Adam Clune, what happens there. Josh Maguire's named. I've got the I've got the the Dragons. I, I think
2: they're going to bounce back this week against the West Tigers. Griffo? yeah, I'll go along with Shane on this one. Um, not because I think the the Dragons are, are a good side. I, I don't. Nice. Um, I think they overachieved with winning yep. all those games in a row. And then we've seen them come back. We've lost two in a row. Um, they're on, again, they're one of those sides that, you know, can take up one of those remaining three spots in the top eight. You know, we, we basically said the top five teams, we're locking them in for a top eight spot. And then it's open for those last three positions. Dragons are in the mix at the moment. And I think probably are still in the top eight with four wins. West Tigers are not. Um, I, I've, I've sort of, I can't remember if I put a, put a line through the Tigers for, for 2021 earlier. If they lose this game, I am going to put a line through them and say they will not make the semifinals, even at this early stage of the year. Because they've, um, they've disappointed greatly um, I look through that lineup and I think, gee, that's not not such a bad side on paper. A little bit like the Broncos. Mm. Um, and you think, but you know, they've only got one win. Yeah. And it's not like they've had a, a horror draw like the Broncos have had.
0: Maybe they can have um, a, a competition, like a big match when the, the Tigers play the Broncos because they're both good teams on paper. They can play for the paper cup.
2: Yeah, well, that could be a conference, grant. It
0: <laughs> could be the
2: Paper Cup Conference. <laughs> the conference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Well, and if they win that conference, are they in the semis? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, no. I don't, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't like either of these teams as far as neither of the, the, you, you could put a composite team together of players in this, these two squads, they still don't win the comp. Um, the Dragons have overachieved with four out of seven. The Tigers have underachieved with one out of seven. I think these are both teams that are fringe fringe top eight sides, yep. but one is performing. And I honestly thought the Dragons would take out the spoon. I'll be very surprised now if that happens with four wins, but already um, I go, I'm gonna to lean towards the Dragons. They're at home. They've been better in 2021. The tigers, they have to win this game. They have to win this game, um, but and it, you know they can. It, you know it's it's not it's not open and, and shot case here. But I'm going dragons, um, and I'll leave it at that.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. The dragons. It's it's. A, I'm tipping the dragons, but as you said, it's more of a case of the fact that I don't think the tigers can win. It's not necessarily they have being impressed and i agree i think the dragons have overachieved and i feel like i'm waiting for the you know so to speak for the balance to come back to the force in the sense that you're just waiting for the dragons to to fall back in with the crowd a small part of me thinks it might happen this week but um
2: if it does graham that's three losses in a row and uh yeah you know they're on the slippery slide uh Yeah. yeah
0: Yeah, I I feel like that's where they're going ahead. I reckon they're going to... I reckon in a couple of weeks we'll be talking about them being well and truly in the thick of that that shuffle of the teams on the edge of the eight. But um, this week, especially it's at Wollongong, um, I'll give them that. Not sure how much of an impact that makes. Obviously, it's going to favour the Dragons, if anyone. So I will tip the St. George Illawarra Dragons uh, in this week's game against the Tigers.
2: By me, graham sorry we have got the music there oh. sorry griff i've cut you off early. what's um, I'm up just mate? recalling it when we had the podcast where um unfortunately we didn't have shano with us we talked about the dragons and at that stage they were four and one and yes. um the question came up uh i think you asked me the question you know are they a serious uh contender and i said well you know Probably we've got to look at it, you know, at least and come back in round 10 and see how they're going then. And since that time, since we had that discussion, they've lost two games. They True. lose this game. And uh, I think we've got our answer that, you know, they're not really a serious uh, top eight contender. They might make the, you know, eighth or something. But uh, I think this is a game they have to win if, if they're realistically uh, aspire to the top eight.
0: Nah, fair call. Fair call. Well, that's the games this week previewed. Um, would it be fair to say, fellas, uh, game of the round, the one we're looking forward to in regards to a good competitive game is probably the Thursday game at Canberra?
2: I would have said at the start of the year, pencil that in. That's a game yeah. I want to see. But, you know I, I uh, For me, it's a Penrith game. I want to see what Manly do. I think that's a good
1: point, Shane. Yep. Manly... That's the game I've got. That that's the top eight implication game. If Manly come out all guns blazing, and, and and they give Penrith their first loss, Graham, your your premonition of of
0: where Manly sit might actually be truer than what we thought. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to uh, get too excited because oh, look, I know if Manly blow them
1: off the park, well, then... But, well
0: that's the thing, you know. If, you if know, Manly question I know Can... I said I saw this sort of potential in Manly and that possibility there at the start of the season. I know you guys didn't, and I was, I'll be honest with you, I was purely basing it on the fact that Tom Trubojevic is a huge part of this team. We, we can't call it a coincidence that when he comes back, all of a sudden they find form.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. that's true. The other team we spoke about the last game, um, the Dragons win you know like if the dragons put it together this week and win they're on 10 p- competition points like yeah that's a nice know, spot already this, already this time of the year you know in previous years you've looked at you've looked at 24 points being about the eight all of a sudden there's a there's a run of games I, I i agree with griff though it's this will tell tell us where they're at and mm. and when we look at you know when you look at the two teams we, we just discussed, um, Manly play the Warriors next week. Dragons play the Bulldogs. Like yeah. if they yeah. get wins this week, as, and, and look, Manly's task is far harder than the, the, the than the than the Dragons. But the Dragon gets the wins this week. You'd think they'd beat the Dogs. Manly then play the Broncos. Um, mind you, the Dragons then play the Storm. But then they play the Sharks. Like, all of a sudden, we're looking four weeks ahead. They could be on 14 competition points. Manly could also be chasing. And Manly, that following week, uh, plays the Eels, which is going to be another interesting game. Then the Dragons play the Tigers again. So, all of a sudden, this is the week for those two competition teams where we see where they're at. Yep. What yep. performance they put forward is really... And, I, I look, that's the game I think. I think, for me, it's the Penrith-Manly game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a few there with implications going forward. Plenty to look forward to yet again, fellas. Really appreciate you joining us. Um, thanks again, too, to our listeners for joining us. We hope that everyone has a wonderful week. And um, good luck to you and your rugby league team this week. yeah
2: just i just want to make one point sorry guys yeah a a really interesting thing came out of the raiders 26